coolest guest I've had on a green light podcast, Dr. Oz, somebody I grew up watching on TV and I'm always, I'm Mr. WebMD. I'm always, you know, like I got questions for the internet all the time about my health. Now you're sitting right here. I got a bunch of them, some of them are hangover related. We'll talk about hangover, but you mentioned WebMD. So Oprah and I started a company when my show started 10 years ago yeah. called ShareCare. Yeah. The guy who runs it is the man who founded WebMD, Jeff oh, Arnold, who's a great athlete. He's helped me a lot. Yeah, he has. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it is, Remarkable how much that has changed. Well, most countries don't have the equivalent of a yeah. WebMD or a ShareCare. They got to just go figure it out for themselves. Well, we're the country that needs it the most. I know, right? exactly. Where hangovers are probably number one searched item this week, probably. You know, there's Sickness Monday, Super Sickness Monday. No. 14 million people will call out of work on Monday because they are sick. From the Super Bowl. From the Super Bowl. That's they insane. Call, that they, just goes to show that nobody's watching the game. They're not partying it up. They don't remember the game. Yeah, they don't remember <laughs> the game. And yeah, I just learned this. You're a Philly guy. I am. You know, I was born, you know, I. I grew up in the Philadelphia area, huge Eagles fan. There we go. Huge Eagles fan. Dude, I love this. this is I, awesome. And I, when I came, I come to the game every year, but I came two years ago, and I, I sat with the 76ers. Oh, really? To watch the victory, and that. It's <laughs> a playoff game. Yeah, the Super Bowl. Oh, you get a Super Bowl. Oh, you Super came Bowl. to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. cold. That was, it was cold there. Talk about sick. Did you know the entire team was sick? No, are you kidding? I mean, like, we could have, we should have called you. I would have fucking hit you up. I'd have, I'd have said, hey, Doc, come help us out here. I didn't know that. Well, we were staying in the Mall of America, right? Yeah. yeah. And if you know the Mall of America, it's uh, two I... hotels annexed by the, the mall. Right. And the Patriots were all sick. We were all sick. It's just germs passing, and nobody could go outside. Well, zero well this, this event was in that walkway between the two hotels in the Mall of America. Yeah. And there was a, there's a zip line there, and I yeah, always think this is like a, it's like a petri dish. Yeah, dude, come on. I mean, well, how did you play like that with with that? Well, I I am very aware of my body, and like I'm one of those people. I wouldn't say a hypochondriac, but I'm like borderline. Especially <laughs> an athlete, you're getting ready for the biggest game of your life. So when you start to feel a little run down, you know when the sickness is coming on, like common cold, whatever. I'm Friday night. I'm sitting there. I'm like, am I getting chills? Like, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. And, and there was guys getting IVs, and you know it was it was undercover kind of bad. And when a flu bug hits or something like that in a locker room, forget staff. I mean, yeah. but like it just bounces around fast. So, so what did it? So they give you IVs, they put you on antivirals. What did they do to get you guys better so you can play on Sunday? I guess you know we take a lot of Z packs. Okay, yes. uh, you try not to take too many because then they don't work, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know the fluids. They say rest, but they're talking out of both sides of their mouth because they're like, get your rest. You got to be down here at 7 a.m. tomorrow and we'll be working. Well, the rule out. of thumb if you're sick is if the illness is above your neck, exercise. Okay. It actually opens up your passages. If the illness is below your neck, don't work out. Really? Because if, if you had a, a true virus with muscle pains and yeah, aches yeah. and intestinal, I mean, who wants to go diarrhea on a treadmill? Please. No, no, no. no it's no, not no, good. Man. I've tried it. No, it's <laughs> good. Uh, but you're a Birds fan. <laughs> I'm a Birds fan. You're a Birds fan and you're an athlete. I played football in college. Played in Philadelphia area also. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I was uh, I was and I was all state. In fact, my my only big concussion was yeah. in that All Star game that I played in. Really? But uh, in college, I never got hurt. Uh, of course, I wasn't good enough to play at your level. But it well, was. You actually made a good decision yeah. if you had a choice. I mean, like I'd have rather been you than me. But so. I, you know, I was thinking about this recently because I get asking, getting asked, would I recommend sports to my kids? And my yeah. son did play football. Yeah, was yeah. captain of his team in high school, and I encouraged him, and I told them what I'm going to tell your your listeners and viewers. Football changed my life. Yeah. It taught me to compete. It taught yeah. me how to deal with failure. Yeah. It taught me how to win. Yeah. And the reason our country does so well vis-a-vis -vis other nations is because we actually teach our youth how to do those things. Yeah. There's no class in high school about you know, leadership 101. Yeah, no, no, no. Right? You That's gotta, why I always think football should get a credit 
uh, because I've applied things that I learned like in college playing for Al Groh at Virginia yep. and and the teamwork, the, the the problem solving, the social stuff. I mean, like getting to, to go to work every day with kids that did not grow up where I grew up. I mean, it was a it was a game changing experience for the rest of my life. And you don't get a credit. You don't get paid. Okay, that's one thing. But you don't get a credit. You spend eight hours in the building. It's like especially when you were at Harvard, right? Yes. So how do you manage that? It's crazy. It, it, the, the juggling that's required for a college athlete to perform is remarkable. But I don't know of a college athlete that's not thrilled that they had the opportunity to learn those classes yes. because the mentoring that we got yeah. with, with Co I coach Restic when yeah. I was playing at Harvard uh, was incredibly important to my future. Yeah. And when I was talking to my son about playing college sports, I said, I don't even care if you're any good. Have a good coach right. because no one's going to mentor you that way. And we, I'm on the president's council for fitness and nutrition. It's an, a real crisis in America. We don't have any coaches. Yeah. We don't have any high school coaches. We don't have any middle school coaches. Yeah. A lot of people used to coach don't have the time or the money anymore. The kids don't want to play it's sports. It's a thankless job, it relatively is, speaking. Except if you're actually it's doing like teaching. it. It's, it's like, like teaching. But that is what made this country what it is. Yeah. And we have forfeited that with the belief that test scores equate them. Listen, I studied math and biology. and I, mean, I had to do it to be a doctor. Yeah. I'm proud of that. Yeah. I'm not in any way dismissing the value of that. But this nation will not be the nation that it could be if we don't have a rite of passage for young people to become adults. Absolutely. And we lose that if we don't endorse the arts and sports. I include the arts on purpose. It's not about a bunch of eggheads you know, banging their, their heads together. No. It's about the fact that extracurricular activities are critical to the, well, to, the, to the nation. It's funny the way we do look at art and football uh, and the, the way that we treat one as you know acceptable kind of intellectual exercise. And it's art. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, you know, something academic necessarily, but neither is football, but both, you know, build a ton of skills. And, you know, I don't know why football always gets the stigma because we're all meatballs, I guess. But, uh, but well, there's some really smart players I play with. You have to be very smart to play in a league a long oh, time. Sure. It, you know, to play in college and balance that time and everything at, at Harvard or Virginia, it's, it's crazy. Well, so. you're connecting dots. Yeah. When you're playing sports yeah. and art, it's the same thing. Yeah. In sports, you're, whatever your position is, you're doing 3, 3D spatial reconstructions. Yeah. Uh, the brain is actually tasked in ways that are much more complicated than studying a, a differential equation in calculus. And they're both important, but yeah. they're different. And art, similarly, allows you to, to connect the dots for creativity that yeah. others can't, yeah. that's a real uniqueness. Yeah. And you use it, and I'll tell you, in heart surgery, there's a disproportionate number of athletes because so many of us actually learn to deal with the, the, the pressure of being in the OR. Yeah. Think about it, we're taking a knife to your chest. Yeah, dude, right? I mean, There's a fine line between arrogance and confidence yes. there. And sports does that same thing. You got to be confident you can make it, but not so much you do foolish things to hurt your team. Right, you can't be that gambler. No, you there's can't, a, a don't be line. that person. So you, so you mentioned you mentioned the the concussion thing. That's always on the radar of everybody. Before you you you, you you're the perfect guy to talk to. You watch? Did you watch the Hernandez doc? I had Jonathan Hernandez on my show yesterday. I, okay. Okay. And, and he wouldn't go on the doc. Yeah. Because he didn't like the way they're doing it. So we had him and his mom has some video that we uh, audio material from prison right. actually talking to Aaron on it. And it is so compelling to me his story yeah. because it wasn't just CTE, it wasn't just uh, tra yeah. traumatic encephalopathy, although that was a big part of yeah. it. Uh, his, he was sexually abused as a child, uh -huh. which Jonathan shared with me. Jonathan was his quarterback yep. uh, initially. So the, uh, two years older and felt terribly guilty that Aaron was abused and he was unaware of it. He couldn't protect his younger brother. 
their father was a great athlete, but abusive. Abusive. And he said he he's, he's slapped the gay out of you. I'm sorry, that's his, his word, no, not mine. Ridiculous. That's what. That's yeah. how they phrased it. So he couldn't be honest about who he was. So he lived a lie, and it created a conflict in his mind that started to expose itself when he was playing in Florida. Yeah. And that team had 20 people go to the pros. I mean, yeah. these guys were. Yeah, Tim yeah. Tebow was his quarterback. You know, he had everything, everything. Yeah. A five-year, uh, 40 million dollar contract for the Pats and a great athlete, and yet he threw it away because he couldn't live the lie anymore. Yeah. And I think that's a life lesson for all of us, which is why the Aaron Hernandez story is not about good or bad yeah. for the NFL. It's about the fall of, a, of a, a potential great American, what went wrong. And I also think like it's a lesson with people, and I, I'm not a CT denier, and I mean, tau protein is observable in the brain. You yeah. can't do it while we're living, obviously, but if you cut me open right now, I might have some in yeah. my head. Yeah. Now, I might, I'm, I might I'm have act, some. You might have some. We're acting normally, yeah. so my issue is always like the jumping the gun on predicting a behavioral outcome like I don't think we're there yet what, what do you say not there at all it also yeah. depends what part of your brain develops yeah. the most impact the prefrontal cortex where Aaron did have a lot of damage yeah. at autopsy yeah. is the decision-making part of the brain right. and so DJ J Jonathan right. uh, was pretty honest about saying that he do does believe it influenced his decision-making yeah. process and uh, Jonathan shared some insights about what his brother was going through after he was convicted yeah. of killing his best friend. And why do you right. kill your best friend? His, basically his brother-in-law he killed. Right. And that's not normal behavior. Right. So I think it was part of it, but it wasn't a lot the of older. traumas. That's, and that's the whole thing yeah. is like, we just ignore all these, like for society that wants to talk about mental health and say, we need to get better at it. We pop on the Hernandez documentary and most people's takeaway is oh, his brain was broken. There was 10, there were 10 traumas in his yeah. life. Over and I, over I again. counting. I mean, yeah. and, the, and it's the complete picture of, you know, what I hate is when somebody tells me is that, like, I played football for 11 years, so I'm going to automatically lose my agency at some point. You know, there's plenty of good examples of guys that played for a long time. Yeah. We just don't know enough yet. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So. I think a lot of the attention shouldn't be on professional football players who made a decision as an adult. Yeah. And to your point, I think most will be okay. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know. And that mystery is fear. It yeah. induces fear. But I don't want to have moms not let their kids play football anymore. Right. That's not good for any of us. Yeah. And that's going to happen if we're not serious about the Ill illness and start to do some uh, some investigations about how to diagnose it earlier. As an example, we know that young kids, if they get hurt, they'll bounce back pretty quickly. Yeah. But you got to make a diagnosis. Right. And I know a lot of uh, young people in the pros don't want to get pulled out of a game because that's their chance. Right. And so we need to make professional football players feel comfortable telling the truth if they've been hurt. And that's a big stigma that yeah. was around for a long time. And you see it with guys on the sideline that don't look right and they don't want to come out of the game because it's the ultimate like peer pressure sport and it's the alpha male like I can't show weakness. If you if you had a, a, took a, a bad hit and yeah. had a, a head injury that you thought was concussion, would you pull yourself yeah. out of a game? Uh, if it was bad enough, I would. Depending on the game. Well, and that and that's that's the problem. Yeah. Is like if I get dinged in the Super Bowl, good luck. You got to pull me out. And I think that's <laughs> where you know they have to take it out of players' hands. Um, you know they have to they have to say you know we're going to take this decision out of these guys' hands because we're ingrained to just push through everything. Well, the good news is we're going to have the ability to diagnose tau protein release uh, on a blood test probably. So we're close. We're getting close. Generation away? Oh, no, 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 a couple years. Oh, not great. not even a couple years. I, I mean, I saw some really exciting data recently. It, it could be. A year or two, even. Yeah, yeah. But that'll help. But ultimately, I think the best way of figuring out that you had a concussion yeah. 
um, is your processing time for decisions. Yes. And those are tests you can do right now. Yes. They ought to be enforced, not just at the NFL, but throughout all sports. Yeah. And you know, give yourself a week or two off and you'll be able to bounce back and not have had a long-term impact, most likely from the concussion. All NFL players should be on antioxidant regimen and be taking omega-3s during the season, because yeah, it helps yeah. the brain rebuild itself. Uh, and then there's going to be some point where you say, okay, it's just too much of a risk for you. Yeah, yeah. As great as you are, your career is now over. Yeah. And uh, that's okay because yeah. I want you to be around and play the I long game. I want to play with my kids and exactly. I, I, want to be, I want to be present. You, you mentioned uh, con we're talking about concussions. I feel like I have a concussion right now, Doc, but I have a hangover. Okay, <laughs> I didn't realize that martinis are more than one unit of alcohol usually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so my question about hangovers, and I've been feeling this way a long time, is if, if there are all these secret hangovers, like why do I hear so many cures, these hangover you know, fixes, none of them work. If, if one worked, everybody would be doing it. The only solution You're is not to drink, right? very smart drinker. Most right? people do not acknowledge that. In medicine is an adage, if you've got more than one solution, you have no good ones. Dr. Oz called me a smart drinker, this is great. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. Uh, the reason you get a hangover, it's getting to the pathophysiology. I here. love pathophysiology. Okay. So the brain is like a walnut; it shrivels down yeah. when you're when you're hungover because it's primarily about dehydration. But the coconut skull stays the same, so you're basically shaking that walnut inside of this coconut. Yeah, that's how I feel. It hurts, right? So. Uh, a couple of things. First off, if you can alternate alcohol with water continually yeah. through the evening, that's really helpful. Because mm -hmm. if you're not dehydrated, you won't have a problem. Number two, clear alcohols are much safer. When you have darker alcohols, the brandies, the whiskeys, that congener, which is what makes it dark, yeah. is a toxin. It's mm -hmm. actually really difficult for the, the body to deal with that. Clear alcohols, tequila is my favorite. Okay. Uh, you what get tequila it, do you like? I like Don Cuevos. I mean, I like them all. Like yeah, they, yeah, I'm a big tequila fan. And okay. I, part of the reason I love it is it's got agave in it. It yeah. comes from agave, so it's a little bit Swedish, yeah. but it's not. It, there's not more calories than other alcohol. Yeah. So 66 calories for an ounce. Yeah. You can put a little seltzer water or lime, and that's all you need. So if you're on a diet, and all that's why all the women love tequila. That's yeah. why the, the, the space is exploding. The people in great shape are all drinking tequila. tequila. What's up, dude? Prince is there. I got Dr. Oz here on the show. My buddies, uh, this is the great thing about this week is you run into all your friends. So, Or you just serve drinks here, you'd be all set. No, it would be great. Now, now my follow-up question on the on the clear liquor is, I eat the olives out of the martini glass. Is that safe? They say lemons are the, the most unsafe thing in a restaurant. Am I... Lemons are unsafe because of the rind. Okay. Uh, I'm not concerned about the olives as much. Okay, good, good, we don't, good, good. We, we, don't, we don't all handle the olive. Uh, real quick, uh, before I let you go, marijuana, I think that's a, I, I got marijuana on here. I've been, I made news because evidently I'm like a serial killer because I smoke marijuana. I, yeah, I saw it. I came are, out are, are, and revealed that I, I you So know, why do you smoke the marijuana? The devil's lettuce. Uh, I was, devil's lettuce? Yeah, I was an insomniac like my whole life. Also, helps me manage my stress. You know, I have anxiety, you know, not terrible, not debilitating. And, you know, Brandon Brooks, who plays for the Eagles, yeah. had to miss a game because of panic attacks this year. Yeah. Not like that. But my whole life, trouble sleeping, etc. cetera, uh, for me, uh, it settles me down at the end of the night, and I'm very thoughtless as I drift off. How old were you when you started smoking marijuana? Golly, uh, first year of college. Okay, so a couple of things about marijuana. I'm a big fan of medical marijuana. Yeah. I think it is a, a hypocrisy that we will be embarrassed about for generations if we don't deal with the reality that medical marijuana is safer than opiates, a lot of pro athletes do better with medical marijuana than the drugs they might take for chronic aches and pains. Insomnia is probably a pretty good tool. Anxiety, for sure, it's effective on. Yeah. And we should be using it in older folks as well because yeah. some of the chronic issues they're facing are better dealt with with marijuana. Marijuana is safer. That stated, I don't want young people smoking recreationally. Because, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. Well, 
there's a brain development thing, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, the teenagers, it's and, not good. And you don't want to grow up thinking you got to smoke pot to be able to get through life. If by the time you're in college, that's mostly gone. Yeah. But I don't want high schoolers feeling that's I part agree. of the equation. I agree. But you get past that, then most people are on the same page here. 34 states have embraced medical marijuana. Yeah. I actually believe we ought to make it acceptable for older folks because yeah. they're safe. Yeah. Let, let people who are struggling with, with aging issues yeah. smoke marijuana. The government has got to get out of the way. People at the DEA, NFDA, NFDFDA are not against marijuana. Yeah. They just want to regulate it, right, which right. I think they're right on. And CBD is a problem because CBD, half of it's fake. It's all fake. So, I get the good stuff, the full spectrum. Right, the but most people don't stuff. know how to get the most good stuff. Most people are going to a, a gas station taking this bullshit. And then also these vape pens, you know, that are killing yeah. people, the vitamin E yeah. oil in the, there. They so ought to regulate it. it. Thank it's you. Safe. Thank you. We agree. Yeah. I, the Dr. devil's Oz, lettuce. Man, this is awesome. This is this is the man here. Philly fan too.